one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Well, welcome to Step Right with Lynn. We're on A2Zen.fm. That's A number 2Zen.fm. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me here today. Uh, today I'm going to tell you the 10 vital steps to help you make friends with your money. And I'll do that uh, in just a few minutes, so stay tuned. I want to tell you about an opportunity taking place in Kitchener on October the 20th. Um, in 2010, my daughter Tammy was performing on a Japanese cruise line, and Tammy was the lead singer. There she met Rachel Clark, um, who was the lead dancer for the group. The ship set sail in Japan and then traveled to Singapore, China, the Maldives, uh, past Somalia, through the Red Sea, made stops in Jordan, Egypt, Greece, Croatia, Venice, Spain, Portugal, down the coast of Africa before continuing on to Argentina and Brazil. Um, and then they went up through the Caribbean as well. So they had everything. Um, and you could, as you can imagine, Tammy and Rachel became really close friends um, doing that. Now, since 2009, Rachel's been volunteering in Kenya. I believe she's been there five times. Um, this January, my daughter Tammy will be accompanying Rachel uh, to Kenya, and there they're going to help meet the needs of the people there. Um, Tammy, Rachel, and many other talented folks um, from the Kitchener-Waterloo area will be performing a musical theater cabaret-style uh, show, and that's a fundraiser on October the 20th at 7.30 p.m. It'll be at the Jazz Room, that's 59 King Street North, Uptown Waterloo. Cabaret style means that you can have your dinner and then sit at a table with a drink to enjoy. There will also be a silent auction, lots of great stuff at that as well. Um, and you can get tickets at the door or by pre-ordering them from info at TammyWedham.com. That's info at Tammy, T-A-M-M-Y, Wedham is W-H-E-T-H-A-M. Dot com. Uh, or if you need more information, please feel free to email me at lynn at stepright.ca. That's L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. I also did an interview with Rachel on Step Right with Lynn last November. Uh, it was called Create and Contribute to Sustainable Solutions. So you can look that up on the A to Zen uh website uh, to learn more about Rachel and her passion for the people of Kenya. Uh, you go to Hosts, Lynn Wadham, Archives, and scroll down to find the show called Create and Contribute to Sustainable Solutions. I also want to remind you that next week my guests will be from the Grand River Film Festival. That's happening in the Waterloo region the first week of November. Uh, next week we'll be discussing the state of filmmaking in Canada. This is important because films and documentaries in particular are an incredible device uh, for communicating great messages. So tune in next week to learn about that. 
and also the world premiere of the documentary about a school in Uganda called Subi Drum, Dance, and Dream is the opening show at the festival. So go to www.grff and check out that lineup. The kids from Uganda are here in Ontario right now, and you can see them perform at this premiere. Valerie Hill was my guest last week speaking about Dream for Uganda. Uh, so that's another way to learn more about that organization and the School for the Arts that they support. Um, that's October 7th, and the show is called uh, Coming to a Theatre Near You. Again, go look for hosts, Lynn Wedham, and archives on the A2Zen.fm website. So for 20 years, um, my passion has been helping people um, prepare for fulfilling lives in retirement. Um, I've always been a supporter of charities and nonprofits, and in uh, 2014, uh, I launched this radio show called Step Right with Lynn, empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. I'm a certified financial planner, entrepreneur, educator, and radio show host uh, with a vision of the future where families, neighborhoods, communities, and whole societies support each other, where each of us lives up to our own potential so that we can help others in a substantial way, where giving back is something we all practice, whether of our time, our expertise, or our finances. I'm dedicated to illustrating how when we commit to a cause that we're passionate about, every aspect of life takes on new meaning. Our wealth building, our cash flow, our time management, virtually every decision takes on new meaning from this new context. Uh, I'd like to help you discover how regular giving leads you in a direction that expands the goodness around you. Uh, I'm the mother of four independent adult daughters and grandmother to three wonderful grandchildren. I live on a hobby farm near Sheffield, Ontario with my husband, Neil, where my favorite pastime is trail riding with my horse, Arrow, and cuddling with my dog, Newton. So today, we're going to talk about um, the 10 vital steps to making friends with your money. Um, The very first step in making friends with your money, is know yourself. The first thing is to know what you want. You have to know what success looks like for you. I'd like you to think for a moment about what's important to you. And, you know, if you think that money isn't important to you, I'd like to help you reframe that just a little bit. We're going to take just a moment to think about the role that money does play in what's important to you. I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want you to dismiss the first thought that pops into your head. I want you to imagine, so close your eyes if you like, that you're in a position of positive cash flow, you've got no debt, and you're easily able to carry your monthly bills, and you're saving money. Now, I'm feeling very generous today, and I hand you a check for $50,000. Here's the question I want you to consider. What are you going to do with that money? 
If you said savings, then we know that security is important to you. Did you say education for your kids, education for yourself? Would you take time away from work and go on a world cruise? Would you open, use that money to open a business? Um, this helps us to see what really is important to you. Um, can you see that it's not the money, but it's what the money would make possible? What would it make possible for you if you were in control of your finances? You have to know what money and making friends with it would make possible. That's what will motivate you to take the right steps and stay committed to taking the right steps. So begin with the end in mind. That's what Stephen Covey said. We're used to hearing that in relation to business planning. However, it's equally relevant to our financial planning and our life planning. Those things are not separate. To plan your life, you must plan your finances. So determine what success means to you. What does it look like? This is really crucial um, because it's this knowledge that provides the framework and the motivation for everything you do. Here's why. There are three reasons. You can determine the first step if you know where you want to go then every decision can be evaluated based on whether or not it brings you closer to where you want to be. And keeping your eye on what you desire gives you the motivation when things get tough as well. Another thing, many people base their success on what other people want. Uh, they're judging themselves based on someone else's dream. There's no satisfaction in achieving someone else's dream. Um, in the Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin made the following realization. I want to read you a little bit of what she says. When I thought about fun, I realized to my surprise that I didn't have a good sense of what I found fun. Only recently had I grasped one of the most important secrets of adulthood. Just because something was fun for someone else didn't mean that it was fun for me, and vice versa. There are many things that other people enjoy that I don't. I love the idea of playing chess, going to a lecture on international markets, doing crossword puzzles, getting a pedicure, eating dinner at a hot new restaurant, or having a subscription to the opera or season tickets to the Knicks. I can see exactly why other people enjoy those activities. I wish I enjoyed them, but I don't. So if Gretchen Rubin were to say to herself, I want success so that I can go to the opera like my friend, but she's got no desire, no real desire to go there, how motivating would that be? would that goal have any power for her? And so our goals can have the power to help us to take the right steps and to stay focused on that. You know, success to some people means the house of their dreams or an expensive car or great clothes. To other people, success might be to sit by the river, to go on winter vacations, or to give money away. 
There's no right answers here. It has to be a personal thing. Receiving an education might mean success to some. So part of the message here is, you know, stop comparing yourself to others. They don't want the same things that you want. Knowing your, what you want keeps you motivated. Uh, years ago, I focused on work, 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 and my, my mantra was, if I relax, I feel guilty. Um, I struggled with that for years. And my grandson started taking horseback ridings, and I would drive him there and watch the kids riding. I'd had a horse as a kid, and as I watched the, the children taking their lessons, all I felt was that I wanted to be riding too. So since then, I've purchased horses and a truck and a horse trailer, and now it's a big focus of mine to ride. I go camping with my horses, and I plan pack trips as holidays. Um, I've done a lot of riding since watching those children um, some years ago. And riding has become the reason I do a lot of things. Um, it's the reason I continue to grow my business. Um, at age 56, I love to ride horses, <clears throat> and I want to do it as long as I can. And I can commit to exercise and healthy diet because I want to keep riding as long as possible. So riding horses is the goal, but the exercise, healthy eating are behaviors that allow me to have what I want. <clears throat> so I quote Maya Angelou when I say, you can only become truly accomplished at something you love. Don't make money your goal. Instead, pursue the things you love doing and then do them so well that people can't take their eyes off you. So money can be the thing that enables you to do that, to do the things that you want to do. So that first step um, that we've covered is to know yourself and um you know yourself so you can determine your first step and evaluate every decision along the way and to stay motivated. So we're going to take this um, opportunity now before we go into the second, um, the second step and we'll have a short break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atozen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Step Right with Lynn. I'm your host, Lynn Wedham. 
You're listening to A to Zen dot FM. That's A number two Z E N dot FM. Today the subject is the ten vital steps to making friends with your money. We've covered uh, step number one, which is to know yourself. Step number two is to set priorities. We need to reassess goals for different stages of our life. Uh, John Maxwell says it well. In the book Today Matters, he says there are three stages of life. There's learning, earning, and returning. Uh, John Maxwell says that every phase of life is not the same, nor should we try to make it that way. He describes the learning stage as a time where learning is the primary objective, exploring your talents, discovering your purpose, and learning your trade. He suggests that you shouldn't take shortcuts to financial gain and miss the big picture of your life. Wow, that's just what we've been talking about. The earning stage is when most people are in the prime of their career and the potential for income is the greatest. And John Maxwell suggests that in this phase of life, the focus is on career, taking care of family, and preparing for the future. So he says we should try to be generous no matter what our age, but if you've worked hard and planned well, then you enter a phase of life that's most rewarding where you can focus on giving back to others. So this, um, number two, is to set priorities, and these priorities will be dependent on where you are in your life and, of course, on you know what you have uh, determined as the overall, um, the overall goal and uh, where you want to do, where you want to go and the things that you want to accomplish. Number three is to design your path. Um, Just yesterday, when I was a little girl, uh, we lived in a big farmhouse on a hill. And my grandparents lived in the little house across the laneway from us. So my grandparents had a big influence on me. Um, They were cash crop farmers. Um, They grew corn and wheat and soybeans. And they took great pride in the way the fields looked. There was no weed allowed to live on their fields. They spent hours and hours walking up and down the rows of corn, hoeing the field by hand. And that was before um, there were a lot of sprays um, that farmers used on the fields. They would have just been totally embarrassed if there was a weed in their field and, you know, any of the neighbors could drive by the road and they could see a weed in the field. They just weren't allowed to be there. Um, So every spring, um, usually on a warm evening, I'd be out there um, helping my grandparents plant a vegetable and flower garden. And we'd put a stake in the end of every row, and we'd put a string between those stakes, and there'd be a, a hole would be used to draw a nice little line along a straight line along that string. Um, somebody would read the package and see how deep the seed should be planted, and then carefully follow that that string and that row that had been made and and make the row straight and the seeds went in at exactly the correct depth and then we'd carefully cover carefully and gently um, with our fingers push the the soil 
over the nice row of seeds. And from that garden, we had beautiful tomatoes, and we had beets, and carrots, and lettuce. So moving forward um, a year or so, and I'm planting my first garden with my husband, Neil. So his farmer, his family were dairy farmers. Um, he takes a hoe, and he digs a trench, and he drops the seeds in, and he kicks dirt on it. And I was just flabbergasted. Um, the rows were not straight. I could not understand why he wasn't doing it right. Uh, I told him that we're supposed to use stakes and a string, and he didn't see any uh, use. He asked why you would do that. And at that moment, I decided I just could not garden with my husband, Neil, because he didn't know the right way to do it. So from Neil's garden, we had beautiful tomatoes, beets, and carrots, and lettuce. So here's the secret. The secret of success is that there isn't any one secret. Many people look at someone they believe is successful, and they look at what they've done, and they say, I could never do that. And they're right. They can't be successful the way someone else is successful. You can only be successful in your own way. So think about when you plan a trip. Some people want to use the freeway and take the most direct routes. Some people want to take the scenic route and follow the winding trails and meander up the hills and make stops along the way. One's not right and one's not wrong. The freeway personality wouldn't be happy on the winding road and the meandering personality wouldn't be happy on the freeway. And they both get to the same place. So take the road you're comfortable with, plant your garden your way. So um, now we're on to uh, step number four. Um, step number four is to create a good relationship with debt. We hear a lot about debt today, um, things like personal debts at all-time highs, government debts out of control. What's it all mean and what is the truth? Is all debt bad? Where do you stand? While we may not believe that money buys happiness, we can agree that unmanageable debt will make you unhappy. So there's a difference between manageable debt and unmanageable debt. There's a difference between... Um, what we would call consumer debt and um, and debt that we might create in order to um, create an investment, an investment in self. Um, so the first thing when we talk about debt is to understand your debt. It's really important um, to take some time to understand it. Um, where did that debt come from? Was it from a one-time event that was out of your control? Um, for instance, were you out of work for a period of time? Is your debt increasing every month? These are the kinds of things that that we need to know. Um, and the most easiest way to do this is to create a cash flow statement. We could call this a, a budget, um, but a lot of people dislike that idea of a budget. So whatever we call it, 
um, it's imperative that you know what's coming into your household on a monthly basis and what's going out. And if you find that your income doesn't match your expenditures, it's easy to see that your debt can increase every month. For instance, if you find that you're $200 short every month and that $200 ends up on your line of credit, you're starting with one month with $200 and the following month you're going to add $200 on and on. You get the idea. Not only is the debt increasing, but you've added a bill payment that doesn't fit into the budget. And, of course, interest is accumulating on that as well. So, contrary to popular opinion, having a cash flow statement is actually liberating because it creates knowledge and control, and it means you've got a plan. Uh, Yes, Uh, the plan creates the freedom. So um, this cash flow statement is very important. Um, My uh, assistant has made up a great um, document that you can send me an email. Uh, We'll send it to you. Uh, And it's a great document to help you start making that statement that statement that will help you get control. So give, send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca, L-Y-N-N at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A, and we will get um, that sent to you. Um, we have a, a comment in the uh, in the chat room, and so we'll open that up, and we'll hear from Rayola. Hi. <laughs> I was just saying that when I was when I was younger, um, I went into a lot of debt because uh, spending money and buying stuff kind of gave me this high that was a distraction from some emotional and other issues I was having. It made me feel better for a little while. <laughs> and um, over right. the years, I developed strategies um, to stop doing that, just to really get more into, um, like if I ha- felt that need to spend, for example, I would go grocery shopping. Um, or uh-huh. go out and do the kind of shopping that actually added to my life instead of just buying more stuff that ended up I didn't really even like it the next day. Another uh-huh. thing that I did was if I didn't like it, um, or I give myself 48 hours. If I still really wanted it after 48 hours of going home, then I could give myself permission to go back and get it. But nine times out of ten, the minute I got home, I forgot about it. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. those are different things I I did, and then I also started seeking. Um, counseling and different things to get more emotionally healthy so I didn't need to do that either but even today I still do that if I really want something I give myself 24 to 48 hours before I'll buy it just to see if it's really something I want or if it's just a little a a little pick-me-up so right right and I mean going for groceries is is a great strategy too right um (laughs) But, you know, it, it's it's distracted you from, you know, whatever wasn't feeling good, as well as um, yeah, it's pretty practical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it, and then it didn't have the, um, you know, the, 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 lo- the debt. Like, I think the reason, one of the reasons it's called a debt load is because when you're in debt, I've been in, it's just so heavy. And, mm-hmm. and whatever feelings you were trying to bury with buying something end up, uh, later on down the road, being exasperated because now you've right. got this 
this heavy this debt load that you're trying to to get out of so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's been really interesting and um i i talk with a lot of people uh in my own practice about that like what what other things can you do to meet that that need for a lift like can you go for a walk can you talk to somebody can you can you go grocery shopping um is there mm-hmm. something that you really do require in your home that you could go spend time with that to get that right. lift and and then even looking at what it is that you're trying to avoid with the shopping or the spending right. of the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's a lot of reasons. I think that it kind of goes back to knowing yourself too, to really understand why you um you, you know, why you want the be why you want to um do a certain behavior. Yeah. Um and also if we have you know, a greater uh, goal in mind, then I think it's easier to stay on track too. Um, You know, because either I could um, buy a new pair of shoes, but if I know my, you know, if I have a bigger goal of, you know what, I want to go back to school, I want to take this course, um, you know, and it's going to be, okay, I could buy the shoes or I can put that towards my greater goal, which is, uh, is to take this course I really want to take, um, you know, then sometimes that reframing can can help us as well. Just knowing knowing ourselves, knowing why we're doing what we're doing. But um, and and I think the uh, I think the idea of going home. Uh, you're right. Many times we don't even think of that item again. Yeah. And I think the yeah. permission piece was key for me because I wasn't saying no to myself. I was just saying, let's take some time. Like I was giving yeah. myself permission to buy it later. If if, but that has really um, that that particular strategy has really really helped me. Um, and I, I did I have noticed it's a little harder online <laughs> now that everything right. can shop at the drop of a finger just by typing in a number. Um, I will do the same thing. Um, like, oh, I'll come back and look at this tomorrow. And um, um, right. there's no going home because I'm usually already home. But it definitely helps. And then, yeah. like, is this necessary for my life and living right now? Is this really going to add to? Um, is it going to add to my what I want to create my life as? We think. Yeah, your greater goal. Yeah, and if not, yeah. maybe maybe let it go for right now, or set a separate goal. And another mini little savings thing. What, like, I'd really like to have this, but I don't need it right now. So maybe if I set five dollars aside a week, yeah, you know, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it helps, <laughs> helps. It helps to be to focus. Yeah, and um, you know, another thing is not all debt is created equal. You know, there's a big difference between a debt that's creating an asset and then the consumer debt, which is what we're, you know, which is what those short term um things are like you know grabbing a new pair of shoes or you know seeing something for the house that you think is pretty um so when i speak about debt that's creating an asset i'm talking about a mortgage on a home or a course that you took that was needed for work um or the purchase of a vehicle to get you to work um you know so that's an investment in in yourself and in your future um, and when we talk about consumer debt, we're talking about impulsive things um, like the purchase of a big screen TV or, um, you know, the, that cute pair of dress shoes or 
the new tool that you think is really cool, um, but you might only use it once. Um, so when you're cash- gadget that you just have to have for this one meal, then yeah, you'll probably yeah. never <laughs> use it again. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I and it's it's so easy. Um even now sometimes I find myself even with my tools, I'll be like, "Oh, but I really really really, you know, I just have to have this." And it really sometimes takes like a lot of self-discipline for me to take a step back from that and, and like ask myself some questions and and then look at the the long-term ramifications of of going back into debt, you know. Um it's right. something I really um is really going to uh add to my life or is it something that is just going to create a lot of heaviness and and stress later and I'm choosing more and more every every day for less stress later on and and more responsibility today yeah 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 stress has a lot um has a lot to do with with our behaviors for sure um now you know when you do that cash flow statement and it shows that there isn't enough flowing in each month to cover the expenses that are that are flowing out there's two strategies that I want to share um there's two ways of looking at that so you might find that there is a behavior that needs to be addressed um you know I'm not against <laughs> big screen TVs <clears throat> and and nice shoes um but you know there may be an impulse buying behavior that does need to be addressed and credit is readily available to us uh you know this is relatively uh, a recent uh phenomenon our grandparents only had one choice and that was to save money and then make the purchase uh it's so easy for us to see um something and we may see it as a deal that we can't pass up and that it's um you know and we put it on the on the credit card um so when you look at at your cash flow if there's a large number of impulse purchases in your history you might have to look at those behaviors and put some of those limits um that we've been talking about um in place so that's not to say that you'd never do impulse buying but wouldn't it be great if you'd worked it into the budget and you knew what discretionary funds you had to work with? Um, so, so that's one thing you may have to look at your, um, you know, at your patterns and see whether there's something, you know, that yourself that you need to change. Now, when you look at that. Uh, cash flow statement, you might find that all your purchases were practical. Uh, you might find that you're actually doing a great job and that there's nothing in your cash flow that you could really give up. Perhaps there's not just not enough money coming in to pay your bills. So what do you do then? Again, go back and if you still find that, that you are $200 short every month, we know what happens when that two hundred dollars goes on to the uh onto the credit card and then the next month there's also not you know that two hundred dollars is not there the next, and so we've got interest and we've got two hundred dollars and now we've got a payment on that bill and that's the spiraling that can happen. We know what can happen so 
if you find that it's $200 that you're short every month, you've also discovered maybe that you need to earn $200 more a month because it, there may not be room to take it out of your out of your cash flow. Um, so this could be a second job. This could be taking on something that you love to do um, and turning it into something that you can earn some extra money doing. We need to be creative um, in in this way. Um, so that's the when we look at it as being two hundred dollars instead of you know just frustrating. Again, this is where that. Um, knowing what it is is can help you to take control and to not be so frustrated. Because if you know that it's just $200, it's not so formidable to look at having some extra money, learning a way to uh, to have some extra money to do that. So um, that's one very valuable document. Remember that you can um, email me and we will send you that to get you started um, taking control of your cash flow. Um, the next one that we're going to talk about um, is step number five is to measure your, pro your progress. Um, and in that, we would call um, the way we can one way of measuring our progress is a net worth um, statement. And many times people will come to me and they aren't feeling very successful financially. Um, and they believe that they must be making some terrible mistake because they're not seeing progress. Um, a young couple sat down with me for advice and they were frustrated. Um, they were trying to pay off one debt and as they would work away at paying down that debt, there was another one growing. Um, they were trying to do everything right. They were contributing to their retirement, to their children's education, and, and their emergency funds. And they had a lot of goals going, but there was a lot of moving parts to this. So to show them their progress, um, I created a picture of what they owed and what they owned. And that's what we would call a net worth statement. Um, it shows them, it showed them then that they owned more than what they owed. And when we have, you know, mortgages and, and all of these things, it's, it's easy to get frustrated. So it's a good idea to complete this exercise annually because you can see if over that year, if you've made progress, um, if your net worth has increased, you're winning. If your net worth has decreased, it's an opportunity to look at what has happened. And sometimes it can be something that's out of your control um, or it may indicate adjustments that may need to be made. In any case, um, it helps you to know where you stand. Uh, we're, so... Um, that was, we're um, down to five steps now, um, and we're going to come back after uh, this break to talk about the sixth step. The sixth step is to be kind to yourself, um, and it leads in very well from doing these two measurements to see where you're at. Um, so right after this break, we'll talk about the sixth step, which is be kind to yourself. 
contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to our show today. This is Step Right with Lynn on A2Zen.fm. I'm Lynn Wedham. I'm your host, and we've been talking about making friends with your money. Step number six in making friends with your money is be kind to yourself. I've met a lot of very nice people who speak very nicely to other people. Um, they never dream of speaking to other people the way they speak to themselves. Sometimes you have to be your own encourager. If you need an encourager, find one. Um, even with an encourager, you simply have to stop the chatter in your head. Be prepared to accept what you learn when you create a cash flow statement, that cash flow freedom sheet, I'd like to call it, um, and measure your progress sheet. So those two sheets, those are available. I can send them to you. They'll help. Let's call them a cash flow freedom sheet and a measure your progress sheet. And we'll get rid of the jargon that, that, is, um, that is sometimes kind of scary. Um, so be prepared to accept what you learn and take whatever steps you need to take. Take control of your cash flow and it will create freedom. Give yourself credit that you've examined the situation and you're taking the steps to correct it. Please don't beat yourself up for the situation you're in. It doesn't do any good to blame yourself or to beat yourself up. If you find that your debt is unmanageable and you need help, there are organizations who provide counselors who offer training to help you take control. Um, if you find that you need help, praise yourself that you've taken the steps to get the help that you need. And we all come from different circumstances. Please stop comparing yourself to others and create your own plan. Um, and I really think that if you complete those two, um, those two documents, it will really help you get started. So step number seven is to know you are rich. Uh, I read somewhere that on our birth certificates, um, it, they should come with a warning label that says, um, you know, like we see on cigarettes and hazardous materials, 
Um, and that warning would read, danger, despite what others may tell you, you were born rich. Um, we so often lose track of that truth that we are born rich. If you have food in your fridge, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you're richer than 75% of the world. If you have money in the bank, your wallet, and some spare change, you're among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. If you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you're more blessed than the million people who will not survive this week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the agony of imprisonment or torture, or the horrible pangs of starvation, you're luckier than 500 million people alive and suffering. If you can read this message, you're more fortunate than 3 billion people in the world who cannot read. Confidence is not based on what you own. In a single day, I might talk to two couples, and one might be a couple that has substantial money, but they're fearful that they're going to run out. And the next couple I talk to might be a very modest means, but they're happy and confident and believe that they'll be able to do what they want in life. Um, having a plan is important in developing that confidence. We have an abundance to share with the less fortunate of the world, and it's easier to believe we can have an impact when we heed the warning on our birth certificates and know that we were born rich. And that leads us to the sixth um, until the, the eighth and ninth steps are lead right in from here. Um, number eight is make a contribution. We have been equipped to bless others. Uh, Kaylil Gilbrand says, I slept and I dreamed that life is all joy. I woke and I saw that life is all service. I served and I saw that service is joy. It makes us feel good to help others. Martin Luther King said it so well, everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and your verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. So including goals of contribution adds meaning to your life and motivation to your planning. It's good to be part of something bigger than yourself. What if every person did what they could to give to someone else on a regular basis and it gained huge momentum? What would that be like? What if each of us lived up to our own potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way? What if every person did what they could to give to someone else on a regular basis and it gained huge momentum? What would that be like? What if each of us lived up to our own potential, managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way? What if giving back was something we all practiced, whether our time, our expertise, or our finances? 
Regular giving leads you in a direction that expands the goodness around you. And when we commit to causes that we're passionate about, every aspect of life takes on new meaning. Our wealth building, our cash flow, our time management, virtually every decision takes on new meaning in that new context. So that brings us to um, number nine. So step number nine is invite money to be a part of your life. Money is a part of your life and it affects everything we're trying to accomplish. However, many people try to make it something separate from their lives. They believe they can ignore their finances. I hear people say, I'm no good with money. I don't understand this stuff. I hate dealing with finances. I don't like to talk about money. They say this as if money had no relationship to what they so desperately want in their lives. And in reality, if you want more time with your family, you might want to be able to afford to take time off work. Um, If you want to spread your time equally between work and your passion, you need to plan to do it. Um, If you want your passion to be your work, you have to plan for it. Money is going to affect every other aspect of your life, your health, your relationships. Um, If we're dealing with your health, if you're worried about money but you're concerned about your health, that worrying about the money side is not going to help your health. If you want to eat healthy food, you need to provide uh, for yourself in order to buy good food for yourself or supplements or vitamins. Um, So much your health is also tied into your finances, your relationships. Um, Early in our marriage, um, you know, some friends that that we knew, um, you'd hear that a couple was having money problems and then the next thing they were separated and going through divorce. You know, the stress on your relationships um, as well. What if your goal is, you know, you want education, you want to go back to school? Uh, you need to plan for it. You need to 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 plan the the financial part of it. So you're going to have a relationship with money, and like any other relationship, if you ignore it, your relationship with money won't be a good relationship. And we need to give our money the attention it deserves as part of our lives, so that we can deserve. Um, so that we can create a good relationship. Everything we do is interconnected. Um, Success is bringing together the pieces of our fractured being so that we're a whole um, thing, so that everything makes sense as a part of the whole person. Only when we know what's important to us and make our decisions based on it is it possible. So know yourself, that's the key. True wealth is the ability to fully experience life. Henry David Thoreau said that, and that's what we're talking about. Step number 10, we want to cover this, um, and that is to seek help. It's important to know yourself so you can access your strengths and your weaknesses and get help in areas where you're weak and take charge in areas where you have strength. If you need an encourager, find an encourager. 
Uh, if you need someone to hold you accountable, find someone who will hold you accountable. Work with a planner when you need to, someone who understands what you need and takes the time to know what your goals are as well. So in conclusion, um, okay, back on seeking help just for a minute, and that is, you know, all the jargon and all the, those things, the, the planner knows that, and the planner knows when you know where you want to go, the planner can most easily put you in the right things that you need to do. The planner's gone through this hundreds and hundreds of times. You make these decisions once, so do look, seek out some help, work with a planner who understands what you want to do. So in conclusion, um, there isn't a secret to success. There isn't a magic bullet that if you know it uh, and you could put your hand on it, that you'd be successful financially. You need to decide where you want to go. You need to design your own path to get there. Measure your success based on what success means to you. Success is not determined by your income, your IQ, or your education. It's determined by your behavior. And you can control your behavior. You can develop solid money management behaviors that will bring you success. You don't have to have all the answers to get started. Know yourself, determine your path, create a good relationship with debt and good saving habits. Know you're rich and make a contribution. So there isn't a secret. Take the time to know what you want and your unique approach to get there. Create a written plan. Develop good habits. We are coming right down to the end of the show. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, remember, you can send me an email anytime. That's lynn at stepright.ca. I'm here to help. So lynn at stepright. L-Y-N-N at StepRight, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T. Send me an email. Let me know what's going on with you. Be so uh, pleased to to chat with you. Um, I'd like to know what you think of the show. Give me a shout. Love to chat with you. This is Lynn Wedham. The show is StepRight with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you.